This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. I'm a fan of Family Matters, but you know what? I, I know you from Young and the Restless because my mom watches it all the time. When I first seen you on it, I was like, that that guy looks familiar, but I couldn't put my tongue on it. And then when I looked up the facts, I was like, oh, that's who he is. Yeah, most people don't rem- remember me from that show, and I, I don't blame anyone because I... I think I'm pretty different. All my hair is gone. <laughs> so we're going to do things a little bit differently this time. Usually we go with the beginning of your career to the end because it's usually the format that we do. But because I want to hype up the Family Matters one because I have more questions on Family Matters, uh, let's let's start by talking about The Young and the Restless. How did you land your role on The Young and the Restless? I just the same way anybody does, just with auditioning. I had uh, taken a break from doing any kind of auditioning for a couple of years. And then when I was about 16, 17... I got a small agent and we started going back out. The first audition for a TV show was Young and the Restless. And, uh, I remember that day I had an audition for a, a Coca-Cola commercial, the soap, and I really, really wanted the Coke commercial because it was a big national commercial. And I never thought in a million years that I was going to get the soap opera because all I really knew about them was my mom uh, would watch General Hospital every day of my life growing up. So I just would hear all these crazy stories going on in the background. And I went on the audition and halfway through the read, the casting director stopped me and praised the way I was reading the role. And I went on one callback and then one screen test. And then within a week, I was on the show. Now, looking back on it, are you glad that you're on the show and not that Coke commercial? Absolutely. I'm very, very happy it worked out the way it did. I want to ask this because, of course, like I said, I, I don't really watch it as much, but was your character at one point deaf? Yeah, yeah. Um, about two or three years into being on the show, my character got meningitis. And passed out and was in the hospital, and when I woke up, um, he had complete hearing loss, which uh, could be one of, the, one of the results of that. And he was completely deaf, I think, for about like five months, four or five months of the show. And then they wrote that my character got this thing called a cochlear implant, which is sort of like a hearing aid device. And I wore that for about five years on the show and then had another surgery where they internalized all the technology actually caught up in real life so they put that in the show and so now I have my full hearing back without having to wear any devices or anything like that okay now, with, with speaking with this, you know, I'm a wrestling fan, so I can't really, like, throw too much heat at soap opera stars. But, like, you know, when you're watching wrestling, some of the stuff that they do, you're like, nah, it wouldn't happen in real life. With soap operas, it's like characters die, they come back, and then there's, like, different scenarios of, like, but I thought he was gone. Do you ever look at a script sure. and think, I can't believe I'm doing this? Like, I, why is my character going through this process? <laughs> well, not me personally, speaking only for my character, because like the situation I just explained with the losing my hearing and all that that's all real that there was nothing exaggerated or fantasy about that that there was they actually had to wait till real life technology caught up with the storylines they wanted to write for my character to make it accurate a lot of the storylines have been you know they've been not too not too crazy not too unbelievable or anything like that they've been very relatable real kind of things to have to act out but definitely across the you know board 
PC storylines being played out. But um, our show, I think, has been pretty pretty good about not doing it. It makes people stretch their imagination too much. No, I mean, that's good. Sometimes when I'm looking back at uh, some episodes and whatnot, it's like, it's like that character died in a house fire and they said he was dead and yet he's back three years later and I'm looking at it and I'm going to my mom, how do you watch this? And then she'll look at me and be like, how do you watch wrestling? So I'm like, okay, it's fair. I think everybody watches TV or film or entertainment to, you know, be uh, escape just a little bit and have it be something that stretches their reality from the day to day. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's why. Like, I, 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 that's why when I was younger, I used to watch like The Boy Meets World, Full House, Family Matters. I mean, it just seemed like a simpler time. <laughs> now, one of the things I found interesting, and it's kind of kind of sway into the the Family Matters discussing a bit here, but you are friends with the character named Lily on The Young and the Restless. Uh, I think her name is Crystal. Crystal Cri- Blue, and she was also in Family Matters as well. So that's got that's a long running relationship right there. Yeah, absolutely. I think we were about nine and seven years old when we first met. I uh, when when Family Matters came out on Hulu, I got to go back and find the exact episode. I think it's uh, episode eight in the eighth season it's called Karate Kids, and you can see both of us there. And uh, yeah, it's crazy. That's when we first met. And the studio teacher, actually, who was on Family Matters at the time, who was my teacher from three years old till the end of the show. Was, is uh, the same studio teacher that uh, handles all the kids on Young and the Restless, and, which is a very nice coincidence when I got on the show. I also looked up a little bit about her, and I used to watch That's So Raven, and I remember, and she was on an episode of That's So Raven as well with... Uh, Oh, yeah. Orlando. Um, so I was like, uh-huh. I was like, there you go. There's another reunion from the Family Matters. Have you or Orlando ever been in a film or TV other than Family Matters? Uh, no, I don't think so. Do you guys still uh, do you guys still interact? Um, no, I haven't. I haven't spoken to Orlando. I don't think since in the the show ended. I may have seen him. I mean, that show ended in '98, so it was a little bit ago. So I don't think I I've run into him. I ran into Raven once in, in that time uh, at the NAACP Awards, and her and I were, were pretty close growing up, because she filmed uh, <clears throat> Hang With Mr. Cooper on the lot, too, before she was doing, obviously, got so Raven, and uh, we used to do a lot of charity work together. Okay, okay. Yeah, and uh, I mean, speaking of charity work, I, I read that you were also involved with, of course, there's Mothers Against Drunk Driving, but you also created your own sort of thing against drunk driving. Do you want to explain that a little bit more and how that came to be? Yeah, yeah. It was uh, actually the youth division of RAD, which is Recording Artists, Actors, and Athletes Against Drunk Driving. Ours was called RAD Kids. And in 96, I believe, the adult division asked if I would be in a music video that they were doing for um, Paul McCartney was redoing Baby You Can Drive My Car and uh, they had me in that video and then my father had that of an idea to create this youth you know program we got to over I think 75 different kids at that time who were on you know other TV shows and films and we would uh, go around travel around the country partner up with other organizations and speak to youth about safety um, making safe choices because we couldn't talk about drinking and driving to underage kids but you can talk about not getting in a car with someone who's been you know drinking and wearing a seatbelt things like that was there like a particular interest that you got involved in that or well when i i mean when i first was asked to do the video you know it was something it was something uh, fun that, you know, for me back then, and I think it was something important for my parents to have me involved in because it kept me around positive influences and 
messages and taught me about utilizing an influence that I had from my job to uh, do good. I read that you were doing auditions at the age of two or three. You auditioned for Family Matters. Uh, obviously, obviously you got the part. Otherwise, you know, who is this Brighton James character we're talking to? But take me through that audition. And that audition came about um, in a really crazy way because I was, uh, I was three years old and my mother and I had just flown to Oklahoma to visit my great-grandmother. The same day we got there, my father called my mom and said that uh, I had an audition. And this was for Family Matters. And it was, I had never auditioned for a TV show before. You know, we had uh, a trip planned for a little over a week in Oklahoma. And my mom really didn't know what to do. You know, we had just gotten into this industry and, and they didn't know anything about it. And I've been getting lucky and, you know, getting a couple commercials here and there. But, you know, it's a big thing to just throw away your plane tickets and... Um, eventually, my mom made that decision and we came back. I remember only vague parts of it. I remember being in the room. I think I, I'm pretty sure I, I sang Michael Jackson and, and dancing. And then um, I had one call back, and then the next week I was on the show. Nice, because you know what? I was just going to reference that because there are parts of when you're a, a little bit older in the series that you know you do break out the Michael Jackson uh, dance moves and whatnot. Oh, yeah. With even Christmas coming close, I always remember. I, I watch it constantly, and especially the Christmas episodes I like. But the one line that I still think is a classic line to this day is when Urkel says, "You were looking for a Freddy Teddy," and Urkel said, "Well, yeah. you know, did you have a good did, or like were you a good boy or something the year?" And you were like, "I had a good August." I had a pretty good August. <laughs> and I still think that's hilarious because I mean like no one came like from that you always hear repetitive lines in movies or TVs but like that one to me was so original <laughs> what were some of your favorite moments of that TV show oh man it's hard to pick just one because I I, I always had a, a great time there was never a day and I'm so lucky I always say this to everybody I'm so lucky that I never expressed being tired or like not wanting to do it or not wanting to have to memorize my lines or be there or wake up. I never did because I know my parents would have stopped me from doing it. You know, the entire process was, was great. I mean, getting to some of the crazy episodes, getting, I mean, I remember being hooked up to harnesses to do some of Earthly's, you know, crazy inventions. Seeing how, remember at that age, the coolest part was seeing how things were made so that when I watched TV and movies when I went home I saw it completely differently at such a young age you know I remember being four years old and then seeing I think the episode where Eddie got beat up by the dragon at Rachel's place and uh, he had his face was pretty you know beat up and they did a great makeup job with these bruises and cuts and stuff and I remember being four years old seeing him close up and thinking it was real for a second and then learning oh wow that stuff that you see it's fake, and I got to touch it and feel it, you know? So it allowed me to, to see entertainment differently growing up, which was, I think, cool. It was fun for me. I learned a lot of cool stuff, like riding a bike, you know, around a, a sound, around a lot, around Warner Brothers' lot, where I got to see, you know, the Batmobile driving around and people in costumes and characters, you know. I think George Clooney, they did the ER next door to us, so George Clooney would be playing basketball outside during lunch and... Will Smith, they did Fresh Prince not too far away, so Will would come and visit the, uh, Jaleel. 
Nice. Pretty awesome. They played basketball. So, I mean, there was a lot of great, you know, memories and experiences. Hard to pick just one. Yeah, because I was just looking about how you just said, like, you were taking it all in and you learned things on the fly as well. Like, I used to actually think that Full House was in L.A. or, or San Francisco and Boy Meets World was in Philly and this was in <laughs> Chicago. And yeah. then when I find out that, like, all of it is pretty much the same, like, I, I looked at TMZ's earlier one and uh, I think Reginald even admits, he's like, I've never been to Chicago. I was like, I was like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh um, we should have said that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've watched a lot of the YouTube clips of the whole uh, Family Matters reunion, and it seems like you guys are like a, a close bunch. I, I, I know that you even admitted, and I mean, kudos to you for admitting it. But I'm sure if I was around the. 15 mark or the 15 age mark I'd admit it to you that you had a, a big crush on uh, Laura or uh, Laura's character oh yeah that was the first, one of the first girls I <laughs> tried to call my girlfriend <laughs> even I'm, I'm, I'm sure that when they were like cutting scenes you were probably in the background going like hey Laura come over I got my juice box ready uh, you have no idea there you, were there were um, at the end of that have a rap party uh, for the crew, for all the crew and the cast, and they would put together a blooper reel. But they did a really, a really great production because they would film like additional scenes to transition to different clips and voice over it and put music to it. And so they, they did a really great job. And almost on all the old ones, they, it was you could catch me either winking or making some kind of googly eyes across scenes to. Uh, Kelly. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just thought that was interesting because I, I mean, I can imagine being like, you know, seven or eight on set and seeing her that I'm guessing she was like maybe 15 or 16 at the time. And you're just there like looking over and yeah. being like, Jalal, like, you know, let me get this in this scene. And he's looking at you like, no, <laughs> like it's we got we got characters to develop. Speak, speaking of Jalel White, I also heard in the one of the interviews that you did that you give Jalel a lot of credit and for coming into his role as Urkel and really carrying the show at such a young age. Do you think it was hard for him to do that? Well, if it was, I, I, he, I think he didn't show it because he did such a great job. I'd never, I don't think any of it ever got to him, but I could only imagine, I, I couldn't imagine because unless you're in that position, you know, what that was like. I heard, even in that, the uh, reunion, I heard a lot of stories that, that he said about, you know, having to play some of the characters and what he was going through, you know, actually when he was having to do it, you know, it was education for me. But yeah, I mean, he was a teenager and the show was uh, supposed to be canceled, you know, it wasn't doing well enough in the ratings and then uh, in the first season and then his character, you know, revived the show. And, you know, it's, it's I think for anybody, it's a lot of, a lot of eyes all on you, but he did a, I mean, an amazing job he's an iconic television actor yeah like he, even to this day I mean he, he carries himself pretty well because I mean it's no offense to Jalel but like a lot of kid actors or teen actors like they get remembered for one yeah. role and then they go down a, a dark path like I remember there used to be a hoax yeah. that he killed himself and his death yeah. letter said yeah. did I do that and I was like I really hope that's not true like I could see it being true yeah. but he he carries himself pretty well. Yeah, I don't think anybody's ever worried about him going down a path like that. I mean, he was always, always a pretty, you know, strong, strong person. Yeah. I know that you were pretty young doing the show, but um, there was a one casualty that did happen on the show. Of course, it kind of happened after the show was over, but uh, Michelle Thomas, who played 
she did great in that in her role on the show playing Myra. Myra, uh, what are your thoughts on on her? Oh, um, I mean, from from what I could remember, she was always a, a pleasure to be around on set. She was one of the nicest people, um, and she kept what was what she had been going through really away from everyone. No one knew, you know, that she had been. Suffering from suffering from anything, um, so it was definitely a surprise and a shock when she passed. But just yeah, I mean it was it was um, it was tragic. She was she was, she was an exceptional actress. Um, she played that character perfectly and brought so much to the show and uh, and an even better person. So now just to kind of give you an insight of just how like you mentioned the, her being an iconic role but just how iconic the show was, it says that it became the second longest running non-animated US sitcom uh, with the predominantly African American cast behind only the Jeffersons and then it's also saying that having aired 215 episodes, it's ranked third behind only Tyler Perry's House of Pain which I, I don't understand that at all, um, and of course, and the Jeffersons. I feel like I feel like you guys got to do a reunion. You got to pass Tyler Her- or Tyler Perry's House of Pain. There's no way that can be first. <laughs> well, they do a lot of work. I've heard about production on his, on their shows, and take my hat off to how much the, the volume that they produce. But I would absolutely love to do a reunion when when we were just doing the entertainment um, weekly and shoot. You know, I mean. That's really what was on the tip of everybody's tongue, and what we were talking about. And we, a lot of us, hadn't seen each other in you know almost twenty years. It was really like we had never left, and everybody's in good health. And you know, we would absolutely love the the the, uh, the opportunity. And I think there's definitely, you know, definitely a market, and there's definitely enough people who would be willing to. Um, tune in now the tough question i'm going to ask on that one as well is you know we've seen we've seen revivals of boy meets world going girl meets world uh we've seen full house turn into fuller house i'm I'm just wondering would it be great if family matters came back because you know it seems like these revivals kind of die out and where would where would your focus be because you know when we left it it was more or less focused on urkel and laura and I'm, I'm sure, judging by Joe Mary Patton, when Joe she was, Pate, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. when she was doing her interview, it seemed like they wanted the more focus to be on the family. So, how would that even work if you had an mm-hmm. idea? Well, I mean, if this is solely as you're asking, but it's my idea because those things are completely left up to uh, you know the writers and producers. And I would hope actually that a lot of our producers. Um, who are still around and actively writing would be part of a project if we were ever, you know, to, to come around. But I think that Family Matters was, uh, you know, it was, it's centered around, I think, the relationship between Reginald Johnson and Harriet and Jaleel. And so I think that, and obviously there was always the push and pull of Urkel and Laura. So I think to, I think to satisfy some people, I don't know, I, I would see probably... Jaleel and Laura together, but Jaleel not as Urkel, and they probably have a, a kid who's, you know, maybe having to deal with, if you want to make it current and relevant, you can you can put some, you know, bullying into it and have them be sort of a similar type character of what Jaleel was, you know, 
Yeah. And uh, I don't know, there's so many different ways you can go because it's a big family. So It's funny because the way I look at it too is, you know, the Boy Me- I, I grew up on Boy Meets World, Full House, Family Matters. And the reason that I really like those shows is that it got you, even when you were young, it brought in some serious matters that I don't think there's a lot of shows doing today. Like, I, I know when I was probably five or six, the one that they, you were guy, you guys were doing on the Chicago shootings and about gun control. Mm-hmm. As a six-year-old, mm-hmm. I wasn't really interested. In it. I was more or less interested in being like, okay, show's over. They're just doing a promo. This is mm-hmm. stupid. But now when I'm looking at right. it at like 26, I'm saying, that's, yeah. that's still going on. Like, that's still relevant today. Absolutely, absolutely, and I think as many as many shows as there could be to um, you know bring bring light to important um, issues and, and also just things that are relatable, things that you know families and people go through. That's going to do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to Brian James for coming on the show. Remember, you can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob saying, thanks for listening, and good night. I'm Matt Kundal, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks undercurrent podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.